This is your host, Natalie Allport, former national team athlete and entrepreneur, and welcome to the All In Podcast, where I share stories, interviews, and advice with the goal of helping you go all in. Today, we're going to have JT Barnett on. He's a former pro hockey player turned entrepreneur and influencer, so I'm super pumped to have him on. What's up? Not too much. How's life in the honey house? Life is good. Cannot complain. We're having a great time. Yeah, it looks so awesome. The videos have been great, and you guys have been blowing up on TikTok lately. It's been going really well. It's been going really well. No, I love to see it. I remember, I think I, like, well, I followed at the beginning on TikTok, and then now you guys are, like, 200 and some thousand last I checked today. We're about 250. Yeah, that's dope. That's really awesome. It seems to be, like, really hitting off all those challenge videos and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going well. It's been interesting uh, seeing the the growth and the like virality. So it's been uh, it's been a fun project, and we're having a good time. It's been a really good group. Yeah, I think my favorite part about it is like it's like the wholesome content. It's not like these like dances or I don't know these other things, but it's like literally challenges and games that everyone can do, and people are probably totally. saving and sharing the videos to do it with their friends. Totally, and that's something that we wanted to like really incorporate and that was the route that we wanted to go. I'm super pumped to talk more about it and answer any questions that you have. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to ask you a lot about like social media and stuff like that. But I want to start like Beautiful. with your story, diving back, like you come from a deep hockey family. What was life like, like growing up in that family and then going to pro hockey? Uh, it was great. You know, I, so I grew up in California and my dad was an agent at the time and uh, it was a pretty successful one. And I was able to, and fortunate to grow up around a lot of high end hockey players. So it was really ingrained in me as a kid, like hockey was the thing I wanted to do, was super passionate about it. And then um, he moved, we moved to Scottsdale because he went and went and worked for the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, that was another big time in my life, switching from California to Arizona, and then still being around even more professional athletes and hockey players was, it just kind of like fueled me to want to be the best that I can be and also to like really want to pursue hockey. So it was great. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I loved my childhood and uh, I'm just super grateful that I was able to be uh, around the kind of level of people that I was when I was a kid. Yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, like, even in Canada, a lot of kids here, like, hockey is the main thing because they grow up around so many older mentors and people in hockey, which is so important. Um, like, what are, where are all the places that you lived and played pro hockey? I know you went overseas. I lived, I mean, I've lived in, like, probably 30 cities. So I've lived <laughs> in a lot of different areas uh, for, you know, handfuls of time, little pockets of time. Um in in Europe, I was in France. I was in Russia. I was a tiny bit in Sweden. Spent the majority of the time in Russia, uh, but then in the U.S. and Canada, I was all over. Like from from Atlanta to a bit outside of New York to Canada, Vancouver, Kelowna, um, Kamloops. Like you know, big cities, small cities. Just was like, I just was all over. Yeah. No. I that segues into the next question I had because I feel like as athletes, it's so hard to like put roots down when you're traveling that much and just like going all over the place. And I think people don't actually understand or they haven't had a glimpse as much. And that maybe leads into like the whole thing of your message of like athletes should be vlogging more and putting themselves out there. But people don't understand like the mental tools of like moving to different places. You can't set up roots and have like strong relationships. And then you're kind of isolated from normal life experiences, especially like as a young 
adults, I find like you miss like the college experience, all these things that your friends back home are going through. Like, what was that like for you going through all that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. You definitely do. You know, I think either way you miss out on some things, because I think if you were to go college and not try to pursue something that you really like is your dream as a kid, then you miss out on pursuing that dream. So I think you kind of have to make a decision either way. My, for me, that it, it was the right decision because my age just kind of lined up with going to the route that I did of playing junior hockey in Canada. Did I miss my friends in Scottsdale and the college experience or high school experience as well? Because I was gone and I only got to do uh, freshman year in, in Scottsdale and then moved. Yeah, like I absolutely loved being around people. I'm a people person. I loved being around my friends. I loved the kind of quote unquote college experience or high school experience that I knew I would have had that all of my friends had. So that was definitely something I missed out on. But like looking back, I wouldn't change it because the experience that I had of going and living uh, as a 15, 16 year old and playing semi-professional hockey at that age was something that like developed other areas of my life that I wouldn't trade for the world. So looking back, there's really no black or white, yes or no, would I do it again? It'd be uh, for my little brother who's having that discussion now if, if he would, should move away. It's something that I have to consider and that my family would consider if it really did come to that choice. But like for me, it was like a super beneficial experience. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like I remember actually when I retired from sport, I was like trying to figure out, could I apply to school still? Like I was almost done my business degree and I was like, could I go to physical school? I was just doing university online and all that stuff. And then I realized like the experience that, that we would have gotten as athletes and traveling at that age is it's like incomparable. But I did find it was hard to almost like adjust back to like your friends who don't have those experiences. And like they all are talking about their stuff that they went through in college. Did you find that totally. like hard, that adjustment? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like being done now, like not playing anymore was a major adjustment for me was like everything from like just the the routine that I had to like physiologically like mm -hmm. my body feeling like well I'm supposed to be like traveling more like I'm supposed <laughs> to be on the road for game days and like on the bus like I'm supposed to be on planes and just like being like trying to settle down and just be like all right I'm here now this is what I'm doing this is my new routine it was like a big adjustment for me and was like a was a challenge but was also like knowing like okay this is what I want now like I want to be a little bit more settled like I like the on the go stuff of like being able to travel with a team and like doing the whole like sports and road games and that kind of experience. But at the same time, I didn't like being on a team for like seven months and then being in a different mm -hmm. city the next year. I didn't like the ups and downs of like not knowing if I'm going to be on the same team the next year or not having that kind of like safety of like, this is I'm in charge of like where I'm going to be. Cause as an athlete, as you know, like you don't know. You yeah. Know, you, even if you have a contract, you don't know, like, are you going to be in that city or are you going to be, could, you could be traded, even though it could be beneficial for both teams, you could be traded and you have to pick up your life and move. So you just don't really know. There's no really like foundation of stability in that kind of world. So the adjustment of like being a, a regular, regular person, uh, not being a professional athlete anymore is like a, is a major one that I think is like often overlooked and was a challenge for me. But now after going through that, I like, I enjoyed both. Like I'm like that life before was great. really enjoyed that life. But now that I'm here, like, this is what I want to do. I want to be in the same place for multiple years. I want to know what I'm, I want to have a routine mm. that I can kind of like ride out for a while. So there's pros and cons to both, but I'm grateful for it as well.
Yeah, no, you like pretty much described my same feels about that. I think it was so hard at first, especially like even what you touched on, like physiologically. I remember like that whole year, basically after I retired, it was really tough for me. And I went to therapy and my, like, it was like a former pro soccer player who was my therapist, which worked out really well because he was telling me like some of the issues I was going through was like extra adrenaline in my body that it was craving from like this, like you're getting hyped up for, for you, it's for a game. For me, it was like to send it off this big jump and like your body gets used to those things and all of a sudden you don't have it. And it's so hard. And like with no travel and all those things, like, that's that's really difficult to overcome is there anything that you've done like physiologically like with training or wellness or different things to help everything you with that? everything, everything and like yeah. literally like it is it is so overlooked and like just the way that like you know your body becomes so used to things what when you repeat them it's the same way as like your body used adjusting to pain or like adjusting to like fear is like trying to push away something so that you can still perform in the way that you that you ideally want to so like the routine of going through a game and going through travel for that and amping yourself up and then having to amp yourself or, you know, deregulate and like mm-hmm. bring yourself back down after a game is something that like doesn't really translate well into regular life, <laughs> maybe in like business, you know, maybe in a little bit of business environments, but when you're just living everyday life, it's not that kind of battle uh, that is like a, you know, a big game is. So if you try to take that same energy that you do into like a big game into like, a normal conversation with somebody it's not going to turn out the way that you want it to or the way that it that you know a healthy conversation would be so so for me a lot of like the training that i do with like my wellness of like sauna ice bath whether i'm well i'm actually working out like with weights yoga even like meditation or breath work like all of those things are just reworking like the way that my body adapts to stress and the way that my body works myself out of it um and that's like a major, major like shift in just the way that I feel and the way that I navigate things. Because before I'm so used to getting ramped up that like, I wouldn't ramp myself down because I didn't need to, like I needed to stay up for so long to play this whole game. Mm-hmm. And then after, and then now in real life, it's like, okay, maybe there's like an, a stressful, a stressful thing that happens here and there, but like, you gotta be, you gotta have more flexibility in your day-to-day life of like, going up and then being like, okay, that moment's passed. Like now let me chill out and like come back to the next task that I have to do in the day. And so all of the like training that I do, the sauna and all the stuff I just listed is all helping me do that. Yeah, that's, it's so difficult. I think it just takes like, you've been doing it for years. So it's going to take years to kind of like get back to that baseline per se, or like just being normal. Yeah, that's always a difficult one. Um, I don't know if you saw, but like with the NBA bubble, I think it was like last week or maybe week before that Paul George came out and said like everyone was hating on him about missing a bunch of shots. And he said that he's been experiencing anxiety and depression in the bubble. And I was like, this is amazing to have like a, a pro athlete who's speaking about this stuff. But then a bunch of reporters and fans went back and were like, there's pro athletes are so privileged. Why are they complaining? They're literally in Orlando and they have, like they have all these amenities they make all this money they're playing a sport and getting paid to play a sport while we're all at home and so I I found like that kind of set back the conversation about athlete mental health like what do you feel about that and like what do you advocate for when it comes to athletes and mental health it could not be you know people just don't understand that everybody's just a human being like you know it's it's the same kind of thing as like people with tons of money have to be happy. Like they have so much money and like they can do whatever they want. And it's like, once you peel back those layers and you, 
do meet people that have that kind of money or you go and you're around spending time around athletes at that level you're like you get past the the identity of them being that athlete and you're like this is a dude like this is like a guy a normal person a normal guy girl that like has feelings and that has like shit going on in their life that like they also deal with and especially like just in, especially in this time with just everything in the world being kind of upside down, like doesn't surprise me that guys that are in the bubble are feeling those kind of things because when stuff's going on with life like this, you want to be around people that you care about and you want to be close to family. And like, that's something that gets people through these kind of things. And so if you can't have that and you're in a bubble, you know, I could totally understand that. And my heart goes out to the dude. I hope that he's feeling better. I hope that he does uh, overcome this and crush his next game but I could totally see that. And I think that people just got to be more empathetic of like, everybody's a fucking person. Like you need to understand that like people are going through stuff and like, rather than looking at them as the, the them being something that therefore they don't have to feel emotions, looking at them as they are something, but they're also a human being. They also have things that they're going through. And therefore like, I can't, I, I can't judge them for not being the best at their performance because at the end of the day, they have to deal with things that are outside of that sport or outside of what they do. Mm, yeah, no, that's so true. Um, like, what are some tips that you might have for athletes, especially like young athletes who are going into college or even younger and they're having like their sports season canceled? How would, if you went back, like, how would you be handling that? I was blessed that like I was into other stuff. So like I would be going super hard into my creative stuff. And I know mm-hmm. like probably some of the kids listening are into things more than just sports, especially now. Uh, I would like try to spend so much time understanding what else I enjoy. Like if that's video games, like go hard at streaming and gaming for a bit. If that's like doing TikToks or content or starting your own YouTube channel, like my little brother and sister have both started their own like TikToks and love doing that. Um, Or if it's, or if it's something that might not be so creative, but is, is something like learning how, like how the stock market works or like learning how money, like just other things that you could be, interested in as a kid that doesn't have to be your sport mm-hmm. take time to do that right now because as soon as like everything opens back up you're going to be diving so much harder back into that sport that you couldn't do for so long or that whatever it is that you couldn't do for so long so take the time right now to like see what other stuff am I interested in that will help me be more well-rounded and be better at that sport in the long run mm, yeah that's such a good point like I know you were into so many different things while you were playing hockey what were those things and like how did they help you with actually when you made the transition when you decided to retire yeah so i i mean i think even back to like when i was a kid like i i can remember back to when i was like fourth fifth sixth grade like i was really into video games was one i was really into like (laughs) nh playing nhl and like other ssx tricky just came in my head which you would probably know remember that i don't know why that just popped into my head but like i was really into video games uh, I was also really into music. Like I was super, super into my music. My brother played guitar. I played guitar. We both played drums. Uh, so I was always like on, I was always and technology was really like the other thing. So I was into, so the fusion of those was like, I spent a lot of time on like LimeWire and Napster and like MySpace. <laughs> LimeWire. It would like my, wreck your whole computer. Totally. And like MySpace and, uh, and just like different kind of like techie things that like interconnected people so that was what I would do and then video games was another one and uh when I wasn't playing when I wasn't like actually playing my sport like outside in the street like street hockey or doing stuff like that 
I was like playing Xbox and like learning how to create the best team and like, you know, be the best at that game. And so that was the stuff that I was into. And then like as a kid, and then as that got, as I got older, when I was playing juniors, there was like a huge wave of, of electronic music production. So being able to like produce your own music on a computer with like fruit loops and like different kinds of or a garage band, like different kinds of music production on your computer. And since me and my brother had played music growing up in bands, I started to do that and like mess around with that when I was playing juniors. And that got me into like, wow, I really want to start producing hip hop and like EDM. And like, I went to Coachella one year and was like, I want to get into dance music. I love <laughs> dubstep and house and like all of that. So I started producing that stuff. And uh, it just took me down a, a road of like that being my kind of creative outlet. Like when I left the rink, I would come home and I would just produce music from like 4 p.m. until like 2 a.m. Like that was all I would do. That was all I cared about was DJs and sets and like where they were playing and like the different kind of mashups they were doing. And that was all I wanted to do. Probably a little bit too much because I, it, I didn't care about it, hockey as much as I cared <laughs> about music at that time. But um, now, that that, now that I did all of that, uh it has brought me to this point right now where like all of that stuff is coming back to being the stuff that is taking me into the next transition or wave of my life is all that creative work all the music i produced all the videos i was producing all the like tie-dyeing and clothing that i was like messing around with is all like now coming into fruition of like i'm learning the business side of things with with my own work but like the creative is the essential piece of everything that I'm doing. And all of that is just like years and years of the work that I've put in when I was playing hockey. Dude, totally. I think even, especially with 2020 creative is so important because a lot of people can't get like a filmer or different things. And so people being able to create stuff on their own is like such a valuable skill, but also what you said with like having all those, those different things, those outlets, I think it's so important for athletes because athletes are going to have injuries. They're going to have like right now where they, they might not be able to play or whatever their season's off. And so having a place that's just like just for fun or developing like another area of their life is such an important outlet. Otherwise you're like sitting on the couch feeling bad for yourself when things happen. And yeah, I think it's so key. I got it. I have to connect you with one of my friends. He was, um, he was on the national snowboard team as well. And then he got a lot of concussions and retired, but he was always like making the background music for all our snowboard videos. Like all the time we were in Colorado. He's like making beats, making beats all night. And now yep. he, uh, he produced on Drake last album. So like, yeah, he like just, yeah, it was so crazy to see his progression and now that's all he does. And it's like so cool to see how he took from getting a concussion to like falling back on that. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. So what, what are the projects that you're working on now? Like what, what are you doing? I, like I know, but share it with the audience. We'll go, I want to give a couple of shout outs here. Beatrice is in the house that I'm in right now. So she's in the honey house. Jackson, what's up? And Dunner. So that'll give me a perfect little segue. So Dunner's our one of the video guys for Triple Deke. And he was also editing my vlogs for until I paused them in the last like month. But um, the projects that I'm working on right now, obviously honey house, which is what I'm in. Uh, I think we could talk about that one last because that'll be the one that we'll probably dive into the most. But Triple mm -hmm. Deke is probably the second most uh, prominent thing that I'm working on. And that is on Instagram, it's at Triple Deke, but it's essentially a hockey media brand that caters to Gen Z. So any people younger than myself, 25 and below. And it's uh, right now, it's kind of like a highlight reel slash uh, showcasing of like the next top talent and like the stuff that they're into, whether that's like, they're on ice training, they're off ice training, but also like the shit that they're into, like video games and music and culture and designs and style and uh, 
all the stuff that I think is going to be pushing hockey into the next level. Uh, it's just kind of that media brand that's going to focus on all of that until COVID and all of this slows down. And then um, it'll be more hands-on working with guys one-on-one doing some more stuff like that, showcasing what called the top college players and junior guys and all of them really do uh, in their day to day. So that's been a fun project. There's about five or six guys that work on that with me and we're all spread out throughout the whole country and Canada. And uh, that's been really fun. It's been super, super fun to, to really engage with like these up and coming hockey guys that are like 14, 15, 16, where I was before uh and to be able to see like what they're doing for training now how what they're eating is like what music they're listening to like just the stuff that they're doing it's cool to be be able to connect with them so that's the first thing that i did or that i'm working on um and then i would say like honey house is really what's taking up 94 percent of my time right now (laughs) and that is this tiktok house that uh i started with my buddy nick dio in the hollywood hills and it's a it's a creator house that is health and wellness focused and primarily on the app of TikTok, where we do wholesome content and fun lifestyle challenges and uh, just interact as four now five different couples in one household. And uh, we just put out a lot of content throughout that platform. And that's been really, really enjoyable. We have a great group I'm currently in the house right now. We've got a little bit more time here before we figure out what's next. And uh, those are the two things that I'm spending most of my time on. Yeah, that's so awesome. I know, like, you had the reset stuff. And then, like, I was following with the Honey House. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like, I feel like your your passions and your skill sets are tied into what you're doing with Honey House because you've had, like, brands in the house. And this totally. is kind of the same thing that you did with matching influencers and brands with Reset. Totally. So, yeah. So, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know what Reset is, uh, about a year and a half ago, me and my girlfriend started a health and wellness festival uh, for influencers to connect with um, the new and upcoming health and wellness brands so that they could get together and like shoot a ton of content, meet each other, create relationships, and really just for everybody to try out and like implement the best practices that they can of wellness in their life. And it's cool because like there's, a, there's kind of this, this intersection right now in the world where wellness is starting to trend and be cool. And so like all of these brands before that would have been really looked at as like out there and weird and like zen and spiritual and just like out like just not typically cool are now like in this cultural wave of like this shit is dope now like taking care of yourself is becoming cool and wellness is becoming cool and these brands are like actually starting to have like really cool aesthetic and like style and put out merch that i would have looked at before as like a hip-hop brand or like an artist or a skate brand and now it's like these are wellness entities that are like kind of having their own spin on uh culture and so reset for us was like all of that combined. It was like connecting people with cool brands with benefiting yourself and really doing it in a dope way. And so that was the festival that we did. We did that when we were planning it uh, for Coachella again this year, but then it obviously had to get put on hold because of uh, Corona. And so during that time when with COVID going on, uh, we paused reset and then we started thinking about this honey house concept, which is very similar in the fact that, we are connecting brands with cool people. It's just less people, less brands, more intimate and more content. So kind of like a pressure cooker of the, of the reset confined in a, over, strung out over a little bit longer of a time of 30 days. If we go longer, we will we'll go longer, but right now over 30 days. And uh, that's what we're working on right now, but it's been a great experience. Yeah, no, it seems really awesome. And I saw Malcolm commented, 
Malcolm is awesome. I know you were on his Malcolm, podcast. Malcolm, what's up, bro? Yeah, legend. Great dude. Yeah. Um, segwaying back, like, I, I want to dive so much deeper into Honey House, but now seeing Malcolm's name, it reminded me, like, I want to ask you a few questions about athlete branding, because cool. you talked about Triple Deke and, like, the culture and the players and all that kind of stuff, and I know you're probably stoked on how the players can wear whatever they want in the bubble. So fired up, but, it, I mean, I don't think it's been taken advantage of as much anymore mm -hmm. now that Austin was really the one that was kind of leading the charge with that, uh, and a couple guys on his team, but... Um, I think it's awesome. Like, I think it's so when people are like, it needs to stay suits. I'm just like, it's, there's, it's not going to, I, it's just going to be a matter of time, just purely based off of like the marketing that they'll get from it. I think that yeah. it'll get, it's going to get to a point where hockey starts to realize that the tradition has been great. Like the tradition of hockey and the, and like everything that it's built up to now has been fantastic. And that doesn't need to go away, but they need to adapt a little bit to get them from here to the next wave and to the next step uh, if they want to build their marketing out and if people want to make more money, which everyone does. So I think that once that starts to, to uh, sit well with people, then they'll be like, all right, what are the, some of the things that like, you know, got hockey to where it is today that we can let go of and like adapt and bring in new things that'll get it to tomorrow. And I think that like letting people wear what they want to the game is just something that's such a no brainer for me that it's like, there's not suits isn't that much of a tradition like the no. the fact that you're walking in with a suit and like being in uniform as a team is cool but what's more cool is like letting everybody come in feeling the best that they can and I think like coaches when they understand that like you want your players to show up to the rink the best they feeling the best that they can and if that's not a suit anymore for guys if that's a pair of Dior shoes and a and some skinny jeans and, and like a fedora like you want them to show up feeling good. You want, you don't care mm -hmm. about them showing up looking like they all look identical. You want them to show up and be like, I'm ready to fucking crush this game. And so I think like more and more coaches are noticing that. And that's just a common theme in all of it that like coaches are like starting to be like, how can I get my players to be their best and not be my best? Like yeah. I, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't resonate the same with them and I don't have the same, interests and like likes and like style or whatever that they do like I'm not the one that's going to be on the ice playing the game so as much as I care about that like they I have to care about what they care about because they're the ones that are going to win me the hockey game and I think the coaches that are more forward are starting to think of that more and starting to be more mindful of that and I think in five six years the best coaches will really understand that and it'll be much less of like a coach talking down to their players and it'll be much more of like a coach being alongside of their players and being like, I'm one with the guys and I want to help these guys be the best that they can be. And I think the organizations that jump and start doing that sooner will be the organizations that build a winning team quicker. That's my, mm -hmm. that's my two cents on it. I think that's so important. I know there was like a Texas uh, school that just launched, like I think it was today, like an athlete branding program now with name, image, and likeness coming to the NCAA. And they were saying, because they're like, we've been ahead on social media from all the other schools and we've seen the benefits and we've seen the benefits of like our players being ahead on social media. So like, a team, wait, can you explain what they're doing? A team, uh, a school is doing what? Because this is, sounds doing, like an awesome idea. I haven't heard yeah, this. Yeah, I'm hyped about this. It's like a program to teach the athletes at their school about how do you brand themselves, like use social and take advantage of name, image, and likeness since like in the next year or two, the NCAA is going to allow players to make money. Dope. I mean, that's so smart. It's such a no brainer. Like, I mean, Malcolm should be somebody that should, they should mm -hmm. hit up right now, but um, 
it's just like it's gonna be that it's gonna be such a big thing in the next 15 years and it's just again just so like not even a question to me that that is is something that happens and will work um if you look at if you look at what overtime the brand has done for players Mm -hmm. of like uh zion williamson uh it's williamson right not williams yeah zion williamson yeah Yeah. before he was even in the nba of just like taking somebody that's in high school putting content around them showing their story and then when they do actually get the recognition in like the real world then they just like pop off and i think that that just is going to expand so much more especially with junior guys and college guys and with like places that have that are aesthetically appealing like i think we want to talk about like college hockey like i think that all the west coast right is right now is not used at all aside from arizona state university i think that that's a, a real estate that will be immensely huge in the next 10 years when you're going to recruit kids and it's like would you rather play for vermont or would you rather play for it play in los angeles for university of southern mm-hmm. california i think that that's just like a no-brainer for a lot of kids to in a bargaining chip that's very that makes sense for me so once that starts to shift and then a kid's in los angeles and he's on one of the better colleges and he can make money off of himself like for me that just is a lot of synchronicity for like stuff to pop so yeah. i think that that when that happens you're not going to be telling a kid that grew up in los angeles or one of these warmer climates, Florida too, that uh, when they get to the NHL, now they all of a sudden have to start wearing suits to their games and they can't wear what they want. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't mesh. It doesn't mesh. And I think that the NHL will start to realize that. uh, And it just, once it starts to settle, then it'll really start to be implemented. Yeah. No, I think it's so important for like both players and coaches to understand that athletes marketing themselves and getting like more hype on social and things like that helps the whole team. Like, it helps everyone make more money, every, like, the whole sport in general. And I think that's so important for athletes of all sports, but, like, especially in hockey, to understand. I, I agree. I totally agree. It's something that I kind of hammer on a lot because it's something that is, to me, far behind. And uh, as the sport that I owe a lot to and that I have so much respect for and that is still in my family, uh, I'm like, this, th- th- there's more we can do. There's more we can do Mm -hmm. with this to get it to be at a higher level. And it's not that anybody's doing anything wrong. It's just maybe they haven't had it articulated to them in the right way and in a way that is digestible and makes sense and is a win for everybody. And like, I think exactly like you said, like players branding themselves is a win for everyone. And right now I think it's kind of looked at as being detrimental to the team based off of the fact that you're forcing, you're putting too much energy into your content and not into the team. And I think that maybe guys are so guys might be too new at it to where the, to this first round of guys that do start doing content, they do put too much energy into it and they lose sight of the fact that they are part of a team, but that's probably what needs to happen for that next wave to be like, okay, I don't want to be so-and-so that lost the whole identity of being a player and only want to be content creator. I want to be a little bit more toned back to where, I am still on this team, but I also want to put out content. I also want to be my own brand and want to like build my likeness and build my name for my future kids and for my family. And I think that there's a simple way. I think there is a way to do both and to balance both. And that's something that I really try to do is to show people like, I'm not putting out any like crazy stuff. Like I'm just showing my life. Like I'm showing the stuff that I'm doing. I'm showing my day, the products I use, the way that I treat my 
friends and family and the way that I go about like my own routine. And I'm still like giving my all to my business. I'm still going super hard on TikTok, on content, on branding, on relationships. Like I'm still putting my efforts into there. So there's room to do both. And I think people need to just like allow players to have to play in bo on both sides of the fence there. And then play, play, fans and teams need to allow players to play on both sides of the fence. And then they'll be able to see like, okay, they, they'll get an example of somebody that does it the right way. And then once somebody does it the right way, they'll be like, damn, like if more people can do it that way, we're all aboard with it. And that's where it'll start to take off. It's so true. I saw yesterday on TikTok, there's like a Canadian footballer that just won the Champions League. I, I don't remember whatever the team that won. I don't watch soccer, but team that won the Champions League is a team he's on. And he has like, I don't know, maybe one or two million followers on TikTok. The top comment on his latest video was a fan. I like screenshotted it because I thought it was so impactful. And it was a fan saying like, thank you for being like the only footballer who responds to us, who posts things for us and like shows us insight of like what's going on in your life and these other cool things. And he responded to that comment and I like screenshot of that because I was like, I'm going to show other athletes how important this stuff is. Totally. I mean, like community engagement and just caring about your followers is something that like, oh, that dude, Gary Vee like just talks about it a lot. And like, when I hear that from him, I'm just like, fuck, it's so true. Because you can get consumed in the fact that like, you have more and more, you want more and more people to follow you, you want more, more people to care about you or, or buy your product or whatever it is that like your goal is that like you forget the fact that like on the other end of that that piece of technology is a person that is communicating with you and is in a relationship with you in a different dynamic obviously but like in a in a way that they actually care about what you're doing and they're putting their time and energy into it so like just replying to comments and like going back and forth with people replying to dms is something that just goes so long just goes such a far away yeah, like I think in the comment too, like that guy said, he's like, the other footballers just post vacation photos and like photos of their abs or whatever. And he's like, you, he's like, you post behind the scenes. And I, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And one thing that I get a lot of messages from kids about is like, they're, they're nervous that their friends and family are going to judge them for like putting themselves out there. And I think the same thing holds true with like teammates. How have you personally overcome that? And like, what tips might you have for like a kid who's like worried about people judging them for posting a lot? Um, to be honest, it's hard. Like it is, it is a challenging thing. And I see it with like my little brother and my little sister. Like I see it with how I was when I was in the locker room. And like, if you're around people that like really don't support it, even hate on it, like it is a hard thing to, to like want to continue doing it. So you have to honestly spend a lot of time with yourself, pumping yourself up to be like, look, I know what the fuck I want and I'm going to keep doing it. And I know that in, that this is going to pay off in the end, whether these people don't know that or or whether they don't see that or not. And so I would say like the first thing would be like, you got to get to the place with yourself where you are understanding that, that of these other people, but you know that they don't know you as well as you know yourself. That's the yeah. first thing. And then I honestly think that like communicating with the people that are around you and like having those conversations is something that can really probably free up a lot of space of being like, like in my locker rooms, if somebody called me out for posting something, First, it would probably be like, I'd probably feel like really bad about it. I'd be like, what the, like, why is, why do you care so much? But then I would eventually get to the point where I would have that conversation and be like, yo, like, why do you always give me shit about posting? Like, this is something that I care about. I'm just sharing my life. I know that this is going to be beneficial for me. And like, I don't understand why is this always like such a big deal for you? And usually when you have a conversation like that, the person's like, I don't know, man, I'm just giving you a hard time. I really don't mean it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'll pull back a little bit. It's usually like, 
a bit of their own uncomfort or their own insecurity that like it's just their way of getting it out there and not having to deal with it so having that kind of conversation of like just being fully open with them and being like yo this is something i fucking care about and i don't appreciate you doing that so like where's it coming from like why do you have a problem with this is something that can really go a long way Mm, that's such a good point I know like even on the snowboard team like one of my friends she was posting a ton and myself too and I felt like the guys on the team were like why are you guys always posting like why do you care about this and then like they see that all of a sudden like we were the ones getting different sponsorships and things like that and so well I think another thing just on that same point is like I think that something that is it has really helped me to realize with other people whenever somebody doesn't agree with you or doesn't see things the same way as like everybody's just doing what they were taught. Like everybody, mm-hmm. unless they have like the real self-awareness of like uh, understanding where, why they think the way that they think, like most people are just kind of recycling the things that they were taught from people above them. So like players on your team that are saying shit to you, they were just taught that by their coach or parent or owner or GM that like, that's not the way that you, that people go about it. You shouldn't be sharing about your life. You shouldn't be posting stuff. You shouldn't be trying to promote yourself because it's bad for your team. And I think that, again, that goes into our last conversation of like, once the owners start to switch it and be like, yo, we want more guys posting. And then it trickles down to the GM and he's like, we want more guys posting, goes to the coach and the coach creates that environment of like, we want guys to be vocal about what they're doing and be sharing who they are and like what they care about. Then that's where you get a locker room of guys that are like, yo, let's post this. Like, let's care about this and stuff. But it's hard for guys because they think they're doing the right thing by listening to the coach and the owner when really it's like just a bunch of confusion and the guys that are stepping outside of that and are, and are doing it themselves right now are the guys that are going to go the farthest, but it helps a lot when you have the support of the guys on the team and it needs to start at the top. Mm, That's such a good point. I think that's important. Like, I think, you know, sometimes maybe the coaches are the ones who are like, yeah, you shouldn't be posting this or like they, I think judgment just in general in life, it really is passed on. You see your parents judging people like their friend groups or different things. You see other people like mentors that you look up to the older athletes and they're like making fun of other people who are trying hard or whatever it is. You fall into the same cycle until you break out of it. And like you have that conversation with the person who's doing it, then yeah, I think things change, but it it definitely comes from the top. Self-awareness is just so key. Like knowing like, just really asking yourself, why do I think the way that I think? Why do I act the way that I am? Like, it just, you know, it just, it really changes things because it, it changes things because it allows you to be like, I don't know why the fuck I hate on that kid so much. I like, do I actually have a problem with him? Like, why am I so upset about him posting a selfie or like a thing in the mirror or like a TikTok or whatever? Why do I actually care about that so much? And then you can do the, the kind of, questioning of yourself of like where is that coming from like if i'm if i know that i don't want to do that who taught me to do to think that this was bad and then that's where you get into like starting to be able to change it Mm, i think that's such a good point i think a lot like a lot of the message that i try to put out there lately is like effort is cool and it's cool to try hard and don't let people think that it's like cool not to care or act like you're above other people or whatever it is and so i try to post a lot about that but i think it also comes from me like as a kid like just seeing other people and then I would fall into the same patterns of judging other people I'd be like oh like why are you posting so much about this or why are you doing this and what you said is so true about like being self-aware and realizing that just comes from the judgment that you've experienced on yourself and then you're passing on to other people and I think the world would be such a better place if people were all more self-aware just spent that time like thinking through things hopefully 2020 has been a year that people have spent some more time maybe alone and thinking about that kind of stuff but I guess, you know, like, we'll see. There's still, like, hate and judgment on the internet. But I think 
there's a lot of people doing awesome things. And I think that leads into like, let's talk more about Honey House because you guys are doing wholesome, good things, good vibes, like no bad energy from that kind of stuff. We've had, I mean, yeah, with Honey House, it's been great. Uh, we've had uh, with, with what we, so we came into Honey House with the goal to be, can we get a platform like TikTok, which is skewed so young, which is skewed like four, you know, 10 to 18. Uh, can we get a platform like this to care about a group of people that are all older than 25, that are all focused on wholesome content that isn't really like sexual, really isn't like over glorifying of like dances. And can we get people to care about like what we're, what we're doing in this house? And uh, we've got, we went into it and we just started doing the, the things that we had prepared for. And for the first like six, seven, eight days, it really didn't do it. We really didn't have any traction at all. And then on day nine, it started to just like really take off. Yeah, that's so important. Like just the lesson there of like, keep grinding. Like you might not see results in the first week or the first few days or the first like hundred videos, but it's gonna, things like if you're consistent with things in time, things will pay off. It was a very good, it was such a great uh, practice and like analogy of consistency of just because we did have the conversation, we had, you know, many conversations of like, dang, are we doing something wrong? Like, should we uh, switch everything up? Like, should, do we need to scrap like this series that we're doing and try and do a different one? Or do we need to like go harder at something else? And, and then we ended up just being like, let's just keep it going and like, see what happens. And then the consistency paid off because uh, like I said on that, after about a week and a half, it started to really start to turn around. Yeah. And can you speak about like the power of partnerships, like partnering either with brands or other people? Because I know you guys have like had some people in the honey house from like other houses or like just notable people. on. And TikTok. when you say the power of it, do you mean like how it's worked for us? Or do you mean like how great it's been or? Yeah, like how it's worked for you. Just... But like in general, because I think a lot of people, they're like they need to grind on their own. But I think you're an example of like how community and partnership are so important. Yeah. So, I mean, when I think of partnership, I think of collaborations and I'll think of like first being with other people like that's for me is so massively important. Just one, just from a purely like physical and mental and well-being place of just like, I love being around people, team environments, big family. Like I'm just a people person. So I really enjoy being in a house with a handful of others, but also like in forms of content, it's it, it, you can do content on your own as you know like what, especially during covid like people have learned how to film themselves and how to do everything on their own but when you are in an environment of people that are like sharing that energy of wanting to create and are also happen to be in the same world as you in the same market as you uh or niche if you will um it's just that much easier so we've been able to like collaborate together and like film similar videos and like be on the same wavelength of of how we create our content and that has gone hand in hand with the brands that we've worked with because when you have a well a house of wellness professionals of people that all care about what they're putting into their body and what they're doing to make themselves perform at the highest level that's something that brands tend to want to have an appetite for because it's something that aligns with their own values so it's been a lot easier for us to go to brands and ask them if they want to collaborate with us in that sense than it would be if one, we were a house of 10 people from 10 different walks of life that didn't really care of about caring for themselves or about well-being, or also if we were all on our own doing this just at our house. So it's just been a big, it's been a kind of like a melting pot of, of, of brands that we've all worked with before and that we have relationships with 
and then of like content styles that we've all shot before that now we're bringing together to shoot together. Yeah, no, that's so important. I had like a few weeks ago, I had a, uh, like a guy who has a PhD in sport management and does research specifically on like athlete branding. And he said that like, the, there's more engagement when you post with a teammate than just by yourself. And they did like a full scientific study on it, which was, I was like, that's, I mean, you'd think like, okay, that makes sense. But they you know, went that's like super deep about it. It's interesting. And that's something that I saw on TikTok, uh, even before I, before we even started the house, when I was talking to Nick um, and we were kind of planning this out and I kind of took the responsibility of building out all the content that we were going to film for the month and like really like just dialing in on like what works on TikTok and what could we try to jump into uh, as a group. And just something that I was seeing over quarantine was like videos of families when they showed multiple members in the house or not families, but just people that were quarantined together. And there was multiple people in the frame in the same video. It tended to uh, pop more than the other ones based off of the fact that people were just like, what's going on? Why are they all together? Or mm -hmm. like, why is there more people in this than just like one single person that's normally filming like a dance or something that's simple? And so in all of the videos that we've been doing, one of the things that I try to try to uh, have happen when I'm shooting it is I try to get everybody in the frame at one time for at least a little bit of the video, ideally at the beginning of it, because in that thumbnail, when you're seeing it on TikTok and immediately when you are scrolling past it, uh, when you're on TikTok, if you see a bunch of people, you're like, what, I, I need to see what's going on. Why, are this, why is this group gathering together? So that's funny that that statistic is there. Yeah, no, I think it's important to like think about those little things. That's that's often like the difference between people who are like grinding it away and they're not seeing the results versus like it's just little, little tweaks that can make a big difference. I see Crocker video. Any tips on creating authentic business opportunities with brands? Uh, is this a question? Yeah, a question. It hasn't got in for me. Okay, could you repeat it again? Oh, sorry, yeah. Any top tips on creating authentic business opportunities with brands? Yeah, I think tips on creating authentic business opportunities with brands. I think you really need to know yourself and like what your brand is first before you reach out to other brands. So like writing down like, what is the what is my brand? Like, is it, what what market would I be in? Like, what do I care about? What would I want to talk to my followers about or my audience about? And then you can kind of after you understand like what where you are and where you fall in line, then you can be like, what brands would really fuck with what I'm doing. Like what brands would care about my, the things I'm saying, the stuff, the people that I have following me. And that's where you can kind of pick out like, you know, if it's, if you, if it's fitness, then you can like go and look at like what fitness brands are out there and like what fitness brands would be interested in working with me. And then that's where you get into like reaching out to them, saying hi, seeing what you can do and seeing how you can collaborate. Yeah. No, I think like at the core of everything, basically with social media, self-awareness. And I think a lot of people like, they skip that whole step. They're like, what do people want to watch from every, like anybody? They just see like, what's popular? What's the trend? What's this? But it's like, you don't know your own brand and your own self-awareness. Then you're just going to be following the trends and not like twisting them to like, how does it actually work for you? How does it shine your personality? How do you yep. give to your specific audience? Yeah. Unfortunately, trends can only get you so far. Like, you know, it's cool to be able to hop on something or follow along and, and get that kind of feeling that you're in that in that flow but people really care about originality and you being you so like really understanding what you, who you are and what you represent and what you care about is something that will get people to actually really fuck with you mm -hmm. no i think that's so key like when people ask me like 
say TikTok tips. I'm like, well, yeah, there's a million trends. You could follow the dance trend or whatever the thing is going on. But if you don't tweak it to who you are specifically, like say you're into fitness, you could do something like a relatable fitness meme if you wanted to, or just something that's original to you because you see on TikTok all the time, people who blow up with like 2 million views on a video and they have 10 followers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because they followed a trend, the trend blew up, but it has no reason for people to follow them because it doesn't have to do with them, like their personality or them specifically. And, and also on that same note, like if you, if for some reason you were to just follow those trends and then you were to have a, a handful of your videos start to pop off, you, you won't get people that are going from that platform to your other ones or actually really caring about you as a brand because they're not seeing you as a brand. They're seeing you in a trend, which is following somebody else's brand. And that that's not actually something that you've originally come up with. So you get into something where it's like, you get into kind of a little mess where it's like people then want you to continue doing trends. And then when you actually want to start doing something that's original to yourself and that is authentic to you, that's where people are like, I don't, I didn't sign up for this. So starting with what you actually care about and like following that and continuing to do that. And you could find a way to like, you know, brand trends in your own way or like play them off into your own actual brand uh, to where it is aligned with you. Uh, you could do that, but you got to have at least some sense of originality and of your own personality to get people to really care about you. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. What you said with getting people to come over to other platforms or people just being like, what are you posting now when you just post stuff that is true to yourself because you've just been following these trends? And I think that leads to like one of the, the last questions that I had for you um, was about like dealing with comparison on social media. And I think if you're following trends, you're always comparing yourself to the other people who are doing that versus when you're doing something original, it's, it's just about like, okay, that piece of content didn't do well, that's fine. But it's like your self-worth isn't as tied into it. How have you dealt with that whole world of like a lot of people talk about social media comparison and mental health with just being active on social media. Continuing having conversations with myself of just being like, dude, you got this, like stick to yourself, like stay in your lane. Like don't, you know, it's, it is so easy to compare and like, I, I'm, I'm not immune to it. Like that happens to me at times, but like I have to continue having conversations with myself of being like, why am I getting so caught up in this? Let's reel it back in. Let's go back to what I actually care about. And let's continue doing that. And then that's where I, and then the, the funny thing about that is as soon as I go back to like being, doing my own thing, getting back really in touch to with like what I care about is usually when I have the most success anyway, but it's like that it is super enticing to be like, Oh, that person did this. I want to follow in their footsteps and do that. But that's where you get, you end up burning out because it's not actually what you really wanted to do. It's just that you were looking for that kind of hit of whatever you call it, adrenaline, dopamine, whatever it is. And you're just looking for that like quick success rather than building something that actually lasts. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Thanks everybody who's, who's been commenting and stuff like that. Um, also like talking about recovery, is there, and, and just like wellness in general, mental wellness, is there like one habit that's been the biggest game changer for you in 2020? And it was such a year of transition for everyone. Um, it's a question I like to ask, but I think more so this year, it's, it's something that a lot of people are picking up new habits that help with wellness, recovery, all those things. Um, you know, I would say like the last, even before 2020, like at the end, middle of last year was probably when I really started going harder in sauna, ice bath, meditation, um, just kind of like even breath work. Um, all of those have been super beneficial and, and, and therapy as well, like talking to people and it could be like actual therapist. It could be like a best friend. It could be 
uh, a third party. It could like just whoever it is, like having those conversations, conversations has probably been the most beneficial. Yeah, no, that's so important. Where are you headed like with your personal brand as well as like what's next for Honey House and Triple Beak and all those projects that you're working on? We'll see. I guess we'll see after this. Triple Deek, with Triple Deek, I really want it to be the brand that the next generation really cares about and builds a, re uh, a relationship with. And I know that that's hard to do without us having any products that they can actually like, you know, hold and like be feel like they're part of. So that'll be uh, coming eventually. But okay. I really want that to be some uh, a brand that the next generation really feels like they're felt and seen and heard by and like cares about. Um, and then with Honey House, we'll see. Honey House is going really well right now, and we'll see what's up next. Yeah, it'd be cool to see you guys continue. Completely agree. <laughs> um, okay, so one of the last questions, actually, before I ask these, like, these last two questions that I always ask everyone, I'm going to check. I think there's like a, someone left a question. Um, cool. They left a hi. Okay, so <laughs> I'll, we'll say hi back to whoever said hi. Thank you so much for <laughs> leaving that question in there. Yeah, shouts out to all of the people that have been leaving comments. Love all of you guys so much. I'm not going to go through all the names, but I see you all and I love you all. Yeah. No, I love doing these lives because you get people who are interacting and seeing things as it goes. And it's good to get that feedback and get, you know, guidance on the questions and things like that. Totally. Um, so I like to ask two last questions to everybody. One is what's, what's your most impactful quote if you have one? Uh, this is kind of like the motto that I've been, rocking for the past like six uh, seven months that i i don't even know how i how it just like dawned on me um but is just do cool shit and be a good dude that's kind of like the slogan um and then what was the second question no that's it that was a, that was oh yeah i haven't asked, asked the second okay. question yet. <laughs> yeah the Love second that. question is uh legacy in one word if you could look back and you're like hey this is my legacy what's the one word that you would pick to describe that Jeez. It's always um, a tough question. <laughs> one word. Family. Mm, I like it. You're the second person to answer that. Wow. What, yeah, uh, more than one word. I could probably have a couple, but one word, that is tough. It's been a lot of people. Yeah, family is a big one. Um, and then impact. Impact is also mm, one. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, JT, for joining um, the podcast and the live. Thank you, everybody who left comments and tuned in. And I'm super pumped to like see the future of Triple D, your own personal brand projects, as well as Honey House. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been great. And I look forward to talking to you again. Our conversations are always awesome. And shouts out to everybody that tuned in, sending you all so much love during this time. And hope you guys are all super well. Awesome. All right. See ya. Later. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, share it on social media, tag me at Natalie Allport, and check out my website, www.natalieallport.com. Thank you for tuning in.